Good evening, Vancouver. Uh, welcome back to Canucks After Dark here before dark because it's 7 p.m. on a Monday, a nice early Eastern Coast time zone show. As always, joined by my co-host, Canuck Clay. How are you doing today, Clay? I'm great, Parker. That's a great point, actually. It is 10 p.m. on the East, uh, in the East, and for us... We always try and accommodate each other so we can both be on the show. And tonight, this is a you night, right? You got something big tonight, sort of. I have a, I have a hockey game at mm-hmm. uh, like nine o'clock, so I got to be out of here. You know, it kind of overlaps pretty inconveniently. It's like, all right, we could do, we could do. Well, ten o'clock won't work. We could do right. eight o'clock won't work. Uh, yeah. Seven o'clock's the only time, like the closest time before and afterwards. Like, hey, I won't be home till eleven. Maybe later. We're gonna do an eleven thirty on a Monday night. Probably not. So uh, <laughs> you love you love those late nights. I know that. <laughs> yeah, uh, we've bumped it back a little bit, uh, and we do yeah. have a good a good chunk of things to talk about tonight uh, because it's a little old news at this point. But free agency was five days ago, and we've talked about it on our own. Um, yeah. But we haven't really condensed our thoughts and bounced back on each other on on what we're thinking on the couple of these bigger deals than we maybe saw coming uh, from the Vancouver Canucks. Before we get started, though, Clay, anything you want to you bring up, mention anywhere you want to go to start? No, I just think uh, it, it's funny. We were joking around before we press play or press record that it's only been five days. Today's the 18th and free agency was the 13th. But doesn't it feel like way longer than that? Yeah, it really way does. Longer. <laughs> yeah, it has been. It feels like it has been three weeks. Yeah, uh, but it has truly. been. Five days. Yeah. I do like the, how the Canucks, and I know we'll get into this. Uh, the things that they did were actually kind of pleasant surprises. Like the Kuzmenko thing was the one we knew for sure. Lazar rumored, but I don't know about you. I didn't hear any whispers of Mikheyev coming here. Any. No. And it's one of those things where like I saw he was a free agent. I'm like, oh, I kind of like Mikheyev. And yeah. then that was it. Right. That was like yeah. all that all that I had thought about Mikheyev coming into free agency. Uh, yeah. And then it sort of just came out of nowhere. I think it was just Friedman yeah. that said Mikheyev to Van. Because that's as as in depth as he gets, yes. Uh, and uh, that's obviously going to be the big one we talk about. Uh, yeah. Curtis Lazar, we'll talk about as well. Yeah. Uh, maybe just talk a little bit. We'll talk a little bit about um, you know where this team sort of sits yeah. going into you know we're basically into a new league year at this point. Yeah. Uh, what is ahead for this uh, for this group? Yeah, and what they have to do going forward. The fact that uh, where they sit with the salary cap, the fact that they still only have 20 players on the roster and you need 23. So they have a bit of work to do still before they get going. But uh, maybe we should go in order. And I guess the first thing the Canucks announced that day was Kuzmenko, the one that we actually knew was going to happen. The technicality, yes. Because yes. technically the Canucks could not sign him. He was not a free agent until uh, uh, July 13th or eligible to sign until July 13th. So they knocked that out right at 9 a.m. right when they could. Um, but I mean, I guess there's not much there. Not much there. Yeah. Nothing, uh, nothing we weren't, uh, shocked about obviously. And I, I've seen you uh, talk to some people in the chat, I think last, last week or something, I know someone was asking why it is only one year for Kuzminka. And we talked about because he turns 27 and it's either 27 years old or seven years pro. So he becomes a UFA, but we obviously get first dibs and hopefully he enjoys his season with us. So he can be yes. a staple in our, in our top nine for years to come. Yeah. So yeah, they're they're limited to the one year ELC, and ELC can't yeah. go past twenty seven. Um, yeah. And he's twenty six, and he has to have an ELC. Um, Are you worried yeah, at all, Parker, about Brunson, the Fabian Brunson vibes? I'm not, but I, I've seen that comparison. There's come up no a downside, times. right? Yeah. 
Like if he sucks, yeah. then they don't have him <laughs> next year. And if he's really good, I mean, then they probably don't have him next year anyways because the cap. Uh, right, but right. but uh, they're they're getting a shot at a, at a decent player for free, um, yeah. basically. And and it was only 17 minutes after that 9:17 a.m. on Wednesday that Elliot Friedman said Van signs Curtis Lazar for three years. Yeah. Alarm bells immediately when I see this. Right. I'm thinking <laughs> I'm like, oh no, three years. Oh no three by three. Oh no, they can't do this again. Uh, but it's not Jim Benning anymore. He's yeah. gone. And it is $1 million per year for three years. I love it. I love it. The even take away his contract, which is the, the why I love it. He is what we wanted Brandon Sutter to be a right shot centerman who can play quality bottom six minutes. But Lizard, have you, I don't know if you heard his interviews. He is so articulate. He says all the right things, man. He about how he grew up here. He loved Rafi Torres and Matt Cook and those guys growing yeah, up. Yeah, the name drops were interesting. <laughs> uh, to go for Cook, Torres, and Rippin and Bieksa yes. as just like I mean, hey, if you can have a play style like that and actually be successful, yeah. uh, that's not a bad yeah. group to uh, to be in. Yeah, and I want to acknowledge so how you doing's ten dollar donation out of the hop. Thank you. So how you doing? We. We're doing great, especially with donations like that. So we appreciate that. Thank you very also, much. What, yes. What I love, Parker, too, about what Lazar said is he says he's basically refined his game. He was a, a first-round draft pick in the year Bo Horvat got drafted and then basically figured out after a year in the AHL that he's not going to be this premium top six scorer. He's got to be a bottom six a sandpaper guy that's going to yeah. make it hard for opponents to play against us. Yeah, and, and yeah, being a 17th overall pick, you know, nine years ago, yeah. He, he was supposed to be a guy who scored in his first couple of years, right? 15 points in 67 games, 20 points in 76 games. Like, mm. looked like he could have developed into maybe a 35-point guy, and it yep. just didn't happen because the following year he had one point in 33 <laughs> games. And oh. just, you know, the nosedive there. And he's had a bit of a, you know, a bit of a bounce back uh, last couple of years in Boston, being a really decent, uh, decent sort of fourth-line piece. Um, yeah. Analytically, um, pretty mediocre offensively, but really good okay. defensively. Um, the, the old J fresh thing has him at 98th percentile <laughs> of all forwards defensively. Wow. Um, uh, at even strength, um, PK, not as good 22nd percentile. So, so definitely on the, on, you know, not excellent at PK, but five on five defense. Yeah. Fantastic. Uh, mm-hmm. the last two years, 2021 and 21, uh, were both, uh, I think he was like 99th and then like 97th the last two years defensively alone. Oh, I love when you bring the J Fresh numbers. I have no clue what they mean, but they sound really good. No, but in all seriousness, I keep hearing penalty kill. I and mean, we know the Canucks can't get any worse than last year, but I'm surprised to hear that his numbers on the PK aren't as good. Yeah, and it, it could just be, uh, you know, I mean, actually, I, I have no idea how, how they, they come up with these, right? Obviously, yeah, it's just yeah. percentile things, but um, I, I feel like someone who's that good defensively, uh, you know, maybe, maybe it's a system thing. Um, maybe Boston's just so used to having... Uh, Patrice Bergeron out there that they don't need a good system <laughs> and their their penalty killing numbers are fine. So a guy like Curtis Lazar might suffer a little bit. Um, right. But we'll definitely see if uh, he turns into, uh, I mean, a basically free piece, right? 27 years yes. old, three years at a million bucks a piece. Um, you look back at, you know, four years ago, the, the fourth liner that they signed that cost $3 million a year. Uh, this is a much, this is how you should fill out your bottom six, right? With yes. guys that cost basically nothing. So you can put that money to better use at the top of your lineup. 
Great point. And a player that he'll likely be replacing. And I want to acknowledge Lucas's donation of $5. Thank you, Lucas. Lazar is taking number 20 for the Canucks. Does that mean Sutter is gone? Yeah, we want Sutter overall to be healthy, hockey notwithstanding. But I do think that the writing was on the wall when uh, he basically couldn't even practice without. Um, yeah, it was a tough year for him last year. Yeah, I don't think uh, he's, I don't think he's back. Yeah, yeah, I, I don't think he's back either. And if he was, yeah. I mean, he's he's worn twenty one in the past, anyways. But I yeah. think uh, I, I think it's just yeah, I, he's I think he's just done. It's unfortunate, yeah. but um, not really a spot for him on this on this on the team, right? Uh, Lamico yeah. sort of earned that role, and then once um, Tyler Mott was off the team, Lamico suffered a little bit. Uh, <laughs> just clearly wasn't as good as he was playing with Tyler Mott. Uh, and then they thought, you know what, we can go a different direction, find a guy for for basically free, uh, and and put him uh, in the roster. So we're, we'll talk about all the additions together as a whole. But the, and we talked about Kuzmenko. So this Lazar addition for one million dollars per season for the next three years. How, were you happy, Parker? Were oh you yeah, happy with the yeah yeah. Me too. There's it's a no brainer, right? Because uh, you're going to have guys in the AHL. You're going to have the sort of 13th, 14th guys trying to take that spot. Yeah, um, that's low enough AAV that you can just send them to the AHL if if it's if there's someone who is w uh, more worthy of that spot. Right? There's mm -hmm. no mm -hmm. that contract can be 100% sent down. If two years from now that last year the contract isn't going to work, they can just send him to the AHL. He can probably tear it up down there for Abbotsford, uh, and they can fill that role somewhere else with no cap penalty. Yes, and Parker, I love you've talked about this many times before. We've talked about this notion of burying uh, a salary in the minors. That basically means if Lazar gets sent down, he does not count. None of his money counts against the the cap, it, despite him not being one of the twenty three players that are on the roster. Correct. Right. You get cap yeah. relief of I think it's up to I think it's like one point one ish, one point oh five somewhere around right. there, maybe one point two right. by now. Um, I don't know the exact number, but basically you get cap relief of one points of up to one point something uh, okay. for everyone that's uh, everyone on your 50 man roster that's in the AHL. Right. Whereas a two, a two million dollar player gets sent down. You only get the cap relief of one point one. That means nine hundred grand counts against your cap, even though he's not one of your 23 man on the roster. Correct. OK, good, good. So that's what bearing a cap means or bearing a salary. Perfect. So anyone making less than one point one, we can do that. That's good. Although Lazar, yeah. I'm pretty sure is going to be safe. It's the other guys that we're, we're I think, talking about. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we want to move on from Lazar and go to the big yeah. one. So that was 917, you said. Okay, so tell me when Mikheyev was. 9.52. Oh. So just behind the hour, uh, 9.52 a.m. on Wednesday, Ilya Mikheyev agrees <gasps> to a four-year deal with the Canucks at $4.75 million <laughs> per year. Yeah, this one is high risk, high reward, I think. And I'm hoping for the high reward part. Yeah, that's not really that's not that's definitely not uh, the hottest take. It's he is he is a player who has played three years in the NHL, right? Uh, played well in Russia for a couple of years, got brought over to North America, uh, played three years for for Toronto. His first year, mm -hmm. 23 points in 39 games, respectable, right? About oh. a 50 point pace or so. Yeah, uh, his uh his second year, 17 points in 54 games, bit of a downswing, but that was the that was the uh, shortened season, uh, Canada division, whatever. Um, and then this last year, he broke out a bit, 53 games, 32 points, but 21 of those were goals. So basically on like a 30 plus goal pace uh, in the last year. Now, 
I'm specifically leaving out the playoff numbers because this is where Toronto Maple Leafs fans will come back to you and say, this is why it's such an overpayment because he has not shown up in the playoffs historically. Mm. Uh, his first year, five games, zero points. Mm. His second year, seven games, zero points. Mm. And this last year, seven games, two goals, two assists. But I think maybe one or two of those points were on empty netters, if I'm not mistaken. Mm. So, so struggling in the playoffs. Other positive, though, he likes soup. <laughs> What's that story? I have no idea, but it is the thumbnail uh, of okay. today's show, uh, which is him in a Campbell's advertise. It's his Twitter profile picture, I think, is him oh. eating with a spoon of Campbell's soup. Um, so I guess he got some good uh, sponsorship money out of that. Yeah, good for him, more than us. Okay, so with uh, with him... Yes, you said $19 million, 4.75 per year for four years. He, I, I, I don't think you can go out and say this, that he was promised top six minutes, but I'm pretty sure that's his understanding. And that's top six money. That puts him actually six overall behind the big three of uh, the Lotto line and Horvat and Garland in terms of, uh, right, uh, salary for the, for the forwards. So that puts him right Yeah, there. And, it's, uh, and it's a little risky, right? He was only making $1.7 million last year. Uh, wow. People thought he might be making around the three mark, but he said himself that he got offers that were higher, uh, but oh, wow. he wanted to go to Vancouver. Uh, apparently, Kuzmenko had a bit of a, a yeah. bit of a push towards <laughs> that, uh, which is nice. Nice to see. Um, do we want the analytics on Ilya Mikheyev? Yeah, I love them. I love them. Right. I'm sure people love them too. Yes. All right. So this last year, uh, he took off. So 1920, he was in around the 35th percentile. So not great. Uh, 2021, about 40th percentile. Okay. This last year, right around 90th percentile. In? In just overall. Wow. Wins above replacement. Now, a big wow. chunk of that came from his finishing uh, ability. He jumped from basically being in the bottom 20% of finishers up to the top 10% of finishers in the NHL. Um, yeah. we'll probably see some regression there. Um, and that's being projected uh, out here in sort of the, into the future. So his projected finishing has him around like the 55th percentile, sort of middle of the pack, um, okay. even strength offense, 76th percentile. So basically borderline, you know, top six player, uh, yep. offensively yep. 88th percentile, even strength defensive. So that means, uh, one of the better two way players wow. uh, in the game, right? Uh, basically 12th, top 12% defensively, top 25% offensively. If he lives up to that, that's going to be a really good two-way piece. Um, power play struggles, 28th percentile. Penalty, which I'm not too worried about, right? He's not yeah. going to be on power play one. Right, he's right. Going to be getting the, he's going to be getting the last 40 seconds of the power play, maybe, if he's <laughs> on that power play unit. Uh, penalty killing, 83rd percentile. So he's a really good penalty killer. Um, oh. And you have to think uh, that's a big reason why teams want him. Uh, just a really good two-way game and really, really fast really fast there's that clip yeah. of him just going yes. stride for stride with mcdavid although apparently with the puck a little little more iffy um but without the puck the guy can move uh yeah. and if he has that effort level where he can come back hustle back and especially on the penalty kill that can be extremely valuable uh, apparently it's a i think he had i think four of his 21 goals were shorthanded last year um nice. which would be you know it's a really nice offensive bump and that can really swing a game if you get a shorthanded goal right so yes and i love uh, thank you for reading out those analytics parker because it, it really highlights that with mckayo we don't uh yes the offense obviously will be nice you always want offense but his his real production might be his contribution might be on the defensive end 
making us harder to play against, making us easier to break the puck out, and especially on the penalty kill. I like those numbers. I like them a lot better than Lazar's numbers. I have a feeling they're going to play together, actually, but we'll see what happens. But I think it's great. I, I think this is, a, as we talked about, a high-risk, high-reward, but um, maybe his contribution will lie on the defensive end as well. But apparently he's got no hands. Like, he's got good good wheels yeah. with no hands. <laughs> well, that can be fixed a little bit, maybe, hopefully. Um, so I'm going to go over to, uh, I'm going to go over to, uh, to Dom's, at uh, the athletics, uh, yep. his, uh, his numbers. Uh, so he does these sort of market value calculations for each, uh, sort of agent, like all, uh, following the age curve. Mm. Um, so his projected over the four year term at $4.75 million projected, he should be worth about $4.1 million per season. So okay. slight overpay potentially, which I think in free agency is pretty reasonable. Uh, he's yeah. projecting for this next year, him to be a $6 million value, uh, then 4.3, 3. 3.7, 2.3 uh, okay. in those four years. So in theory, this year should be his best value, uh, obviously because you know people tend to peak around 27, 28, which is his age, and then decline yeah. a bit from there. But obviously... Uh, there's a chance that it goes the other way. It could all go terribly. It could all go well. Um, but just some basically some extra some extra numbers there. Awesome. I want to say one more thing about Mikhaev, but uh, I want to say, Lucas, thank you for the second $5 donation. Vegas tried to rip off our Bruce There It Is chant on Twitter. I did not know that. Simply put, not cool. Yeah, they did. It, is that when they hired Bruce Cassidy? Or? Yeah, they did, a, okay. they did a thing. They they tweeted out like, Bruce, there it is or something what? silly. Uh, these guys can't think they, where a, is it yeah they tweeted no, uh at on july 14th at 4 30 p.m they said bruce uh bruce there it is bruce cassie will join our scrimmage live stream during the first intermission uh and okay. uh they got 250 likes on that tweet uh the canucks quote tweeted it uh and said for those of the or for those who may have lost track of all the transactions the last two days don't worry we did not trade bruce there it is to vegas the canucks got 2500 likes on that so basically a 10x uh ratio which is that's when you funny. use the the term ratio right is that yes, is that when absolutely <laughs> i'm glad it wasn't you or me getting ratioed um so thank you for bringing that up lucas uh the other thing about kf2 is uh oh i lost it i'm sure it was a good point but it'll come back to me <laughs> <laughs> i'm sure it was i'm sure it was great what was it um you just finished talking about analytics oh uh, dom yeah. contract Ah, whatever. I'm excited. You, you did your best. You did your best. I, I, That's I tried, what counts. I tried. I tried. Um, did they sign anyone else? Yeah, they had a couple of smaller ones. They had uh, Dakota Joshua, the big right. uh, center winger from St. Louis. And he got a one-way contract. So that, uh, two years. So that tends to make us believe that he's going to get every opportunity to make it into uh, the, the bottom six, like uh, the... The NHL team, as opposed to Abbotsford. Yeah, and uh, he's a he's a player that St. Louis fans love. Uh, mm. Everything I saw on Twitter of of people, like, I follow a couple of people that are in sort of the St. Louis uh, vicinity, yeah. and they were all like like not stoked that he left for Vancouver. Um, basically, a fourth line uh, fourth line very physical guy. Uh, I mm. I didn't know much about him. He's six three two oh six. Um, had eight points in 30 games last year. I mean, if you're getting that out of your fourth line, you know, maybe 20 yep. points, you're not complaining about that. Um, can fight, can, can hit, uh, seems like a, seems like a great, again, sort of risk-free addition. And, and 
the reason, you know, that's a good way to convince players to leave and, and come to your team, right? Especially these role guys, like a Curtis Lazar, right? Give them some turn, yeah. right? Yes. You could say, yeah, look, you know, Dakota Joshua, we're only going to pay you 825 grand a year, um, but that's whether or not you're in the on the main team and the minors and we're gonna do it for two years so you're just locking up 1.6 million dollars where yeah. some other team might pay you one million dollars but maybe you're out of the league next year right so yeah. you get some security um and hopefully uh hopefully that goes uh, goes well great point and you did mention that he isn't afraid to fight lazar you wouldn't call a fighter but he, he's got sandpaper this guy's got sandpaper and he's willing to fight so that's pretty cool by the way i did remember what i was gonna say about mikhaev do you remember when Yannick Hansen had those, those couple of years where he was getting so many breakaways? He was so good, but he couldn't yeah. finish. He, he just couldn't score. That kind of uh, gives me the Hansen vibe. Although I think McKayev is Hansen was fast, but I think McKayev is even faster. I don't think Hansen could have kept up with Connor McDavid. But regardless, I'm interested to see what that happens. So, and then they signed the goaltender too, uh, Delia. That, Colin yes. Delia. Yes. Yes. Um, goalie. Yeah. 28 years old. Yeah. AHL goalie had a 905 in the HL last year. Uh played eight games for Chicago, had an 899. Mm-hmm. So oh, my Google Home's yelling at me. Uh <laughs> uh yeah, so a, a, a I think it's talking to me about Colin Delia from the other room. Oh good, thank you. Um probably knows more about him than I do. <laughs> and it has really thrown me off because it's still going. Hey Google. Tell me to be quiet. Stop. All right. Uh, sorry if that tripped any of your uh, devices, uh, all you guys out there. Um, yeah, a, a depth piece, basically competing. Uh, basically, I think they said they want to sort of have a 1A, 1B in Abbotsford, have a guy start 30 games, the other guy start 30 games. I think there's about 60 mm. games. Um, and that looks like it will be between Delia, a little more mature, good you know, sort of guy to, uh, to maybe do some mentoring of Arthur Silov's and mm. probably not Mikey DiPietro, but we will get to that. Yes, we will. So that was the five signings, Kuzmenko, Lazar, Mikheyev, Joshua, Delia. And then after basically all the TV shows had ended, and after everyone kind of did their own thing, a very small but still significant announcement that Phil DiGiuseppe coming back to the Vancouver mm. Canucks. But I think he's one year two-way. Yeah, Probably. That, that would make yeah, sense. Yeah, yeah. So six signings overall on day one of free agency. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So and then, uh, yeah, okay. a good day. I was going to say, we could also talk about the, the the other signing they made, which was Mikey DiPietro. Yeah. Uh, and that was on Sunday, or no, uh, Saturday, uh, Saturday right. night, 4.47 p.m. Uh, Cap Friendly tweeting out that they had signed uh, Mikey DiPietro to a standard contract. Uh, basically mm. one year, uh, he's gonna make 840k in the uh, in the in the NHL, which he's not gonna play in. 70k in the minors, so a bit tough. Uh, not making not making very much money, um, but uh, he also probably won't be here anyways. Yes, good point, Rick Dollywall, among others. But Dollywall was the first to report that the Canucks have given DiPietro's agent permission to speak to other clubs. So if the Canucks might be trying to speak to clubs, but he's saying they're not saying it doesn't have to be just us agent. You can do it as well. Do you think DiPietro's days in, in Vancouver are done? Yeah, I, I think yeah. so too. I, it looks like he's ended up being sort of the number two behind Seelovs uh, yeah. at that point. Um, yeah. There's only so much room, right? Do you want it? Yeah. I mean, I think 
I wouldn't hate going into it with just Silovs and Di Pietro, but they said their their philosophy is that they want a veteran goaltender. Uh, yeah. And it's got to be, you know, to me, I'm thinking that's for if a goalie goes down in the big club, you want probably a veteran guy to come in as a third string to sit on the bench for a, for a week, maybe, right? Yep. Maybe play yep. a game or two um, instead of, you know, bringing up Mikey DiPietro again, because historically that hasn't gone great. Yeah, and it's too bad. He has so much pedigree. You know, we saw what he's done nationally. He's been great for the country, the, the national teams. Undersized goalie who's got the heart of a lion and, and everything. But yeah, not the great circumstances. His first game and lack of development two years ago. But he had a bad season last season. And he, yeah, effectively got passed on the depth chart by Seelov. So uh, maybe not the opportunity that he wants nor needs here anymore. Yep. Hopefully he goes somewhere else and, and succeeds. But I mean, being a small goalie is impossible nowadays, right? Like yeah. it's, it is just such a, a different game. Uh, where people gotta, you gotta, you gotta be six four <laughs> if you want to be an NHL goalie, right? You gotta take up some space. Uh, he's yeah. got the athleticism, but uh, he sort of overdoes the athleticism a little bit, it seems, and uh, just hasn't really worked out. Yep. And then a couple minor uh, guy, I, uh, uh, Christian Willanen, I know that, and then a guy whose name I can't pronounce. The guy whose name starts with a W. Someone put it up there. Uh, Willanen starts with a W. Oh yeah, it's the other guy that starts with a uh, good point. Oh, no, I, what am I talking I do know my alphabet, Parker. I really, I do. This Thank early start has thrown me off. <laughs> uh, yeah, Wyatt Kalanuck, uh, who is 25 years old, has played okay. 26 NHL games, has nine points. Right. Um, and that's about it. Had 27 points in 52 games for Rockford last year as a defenseman. Uh, yeah. So maybe a little bit of upside there, but probably not. You know, maybe a, a top four in Abbotsford. Uh, exactly. Yeah. Which, which is great. Uh, and then Wolanin. Yeah, uh, at least Wolanin, Wolanin. Yeah. Uh, I guess he's from Quebec, which doesn't help me at all. Um, actually, yeah. wait. I think it's Wolanin. I've heard Wolanin. Wolanin. Yeah. Uh, who has played 70 NHL games. He's 27 years old. He has 20 points in those games. The defenseman, again, pretty good, you know, offensive numbers. Uh, had 18 points in 37 games for the Ontario Reign uh, hmm. this last season. And then uh, four points in five playoff games as well for okay. them. So, again... Uh, good depth, you know, that, yeah. that's what they, that's what we saw them do uh, last year, obviously different management group, but just load up on a bunch of really good AHL guys, which will make your AHL team good because you it's, it's unlimited money. Um, right. And then if you have things that go, you know, you just, you're adding more competition uh, because, you know, we sort of, I sort of said this last year, but if you've got five defensemen that you really like, and I don't think the Canucks even have that, but if you have five defensemen that you really like and you're trying to fill that sixth spot, well, you might have a guy penciled in at sixth, and then you have, like, maybe you have, like, six guys who each have, like, a 30% chance of being good. Yeah. Well, eventually, a couple of those guys are going to hit, and they're going to do better than that guy you uh, you had penciled in. Um, right. Like, Luke Shen is a decent example of that, right? Uh, mm -hmm. Was better than expected at times. Um, and that's what you hope to get out of these, you know, basically free players, right? Under a million bucks yeah. uh, that you can just have as many as you want. The Wolanian uh, signing screams eighth or ninth defenseman to me. Yeah. Like the first guy called up after you go through your healthy scratches in, in Vancouver. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So that's all yeah. the signings, I think. So where does that leave us? That leaves the Canucks with some players. <laughs> Well, an uh, upgraded, uh, upgraded forward, for sure, forward group for sure. 
So what do the what do the Canucks have? Do you want to want to run through their roster? What it's sort of looking like now, and what holes sure. they still need to fill? I think it's a um, great idea. I didn't want to do the work myself, so I just found Ian McIntyre's post on Twitter that he put up like five days ago, and, okay. and what he had. Um, yeah. But I don't know how up, how outdated this is. Actually, wait, Daily Faceoff does this, where they just yeah. do it for us. Yeah, um, exactly. So I go to Daily Faceoff and I go uh, line combos for the Vancouver Canucks. All right, let's see what they have. Um, so as of right now, first line, lotto line, okay. uh, right? Pedersen, Miller, Besser. Again, whether or not Miller's here, he's currently on the roster. So we can yes. say that that's fine for now. Yes. Uh, their second grouping right now uh, is going to be Garland, Horvat, And then for me, it's either Kuzmenko or Mikhaev, right? Uh, they Agreed. have Kuzmenko. I would probably lean Mikhaev. Um, yeah. just because of provenness, but again, you sort of see how, how training camp and, uh, and preseason go, uh, and see where that ends up. Uh, third yeah. line pod Colson Dickinson, and then the other one. So whether it's Kuzmenko or Mikhaev, <laughs> um, so let's just say Kuzmenko at this point. Um, and then your fourth line Pearson Lazar and Hoaglander. Yeah. Um, any issues with this on your end? No. No, if you're going to keep the lotto line together, which I actually don't mind, then yeah, you're going to have Dickinson and Lazar as your three and your four. If you're going to split the lotto line up, then you're really deep down the middle. You put Lazar as four, and then you put Dickinson on the wing somewhere, and that that's fine too. But no, I don't have issues. What you said was really good about Kuzmenko, Mikhaev, and and Podkos, and, th- and Hoglander. All four of them can actually play both wings. Like We know Besson and Garland are right-wingers. We know Pearson's a left-winger. But those other four guys, the three Russians and Hoglander, they can all play either side. So that actually gives us some cool flexibility, actually, when they're trying to make some lines. Yeah, and to me, I mean, so I see that first line. And I'm like, okay, that's a good first line in the NHL, yep. right? I see the second line, Horvat, Garland, and maybe Mikhaev. I think it's a, yeah. that's a fine second line on a decent yep. team. Yep. Um, the third line, I'm not convinced by Jason Dickinson at yep. all after last year. Um, I think if you have the ability to get rid of him for anything, um, I think that would be a good move and then try to fill that spot. Um, maybe a trade of some sort. I think a third line center probably can't be that expensive, but again, who knows? Um, and then the fourth line, I don't love having Niels Hoaglander down there, but I mean, where else are you going to put him? Right. (laughs) I think uh, that's really the spot that he fits in at, um, and again, barring a Miller trade where everyone sort of shifts up a little bit. Um, yeah. But at, at this point, that's just sort of where it's at. Yeah, I agree with you. And what happens if Will Lockwood has an awesome camp and he actually beats out? And then Lockwood's a, more of a stereotypical fourth-line player. You could see a, a Lazar-Lockwood-Pearson or Lazar-Lockwood-Dickinson. You could see that as a fourth-line too. So uh, a lot of options for sure. But I really think of those 12 guys, presuming Miller stays, Parker, I really think Lockwood is the only one that has a chance. This is presuming Chase has gone, Richardson's gone. I think Lockwood is the 13th guy right now. Yeah, and I'm I, again. If he looks anything like he did last year in training camp, I'd be yep. very happy with that uh, as an option. The only thing I yep. don't like about having that as a 13th forward is that he's not playing games. Most likely. good point. Yeah. Um, yep. So you'd like to maybe have a more veteran guy there. Um, yeah. But we'll see what they what they end up doing. Yeah, um, a lot of a lot of talk about one of Dickinson. Pearson, Garland, 
not to mention Miller, of course, will be moved so they can help on the D. So you want to go through the D? It doesn't. It's not as promising on it's the black a lot end. Less, it's a lot less of a fun conversation because I look at that forward group and I say that's a fun, good forward group, right? It's yeah. Maybe middle of the pack, maybe slightly upper middle of the pack. Sure. Uh, and that's not where the concern for this team lies. Where the concern line lies is these defensive uh, six that the Canucks have. Um, Quinn Hughes, good start. Good Great. start. Love awesome. that. Awesome. On his right, Luke Shen. It's okay. First, first number number two defenseman, Luke Shen. <laughs> He's only number two because he has to play with the number one. <laughs> Anywhere is number two. Yeah, that's, that's true too. But do you want Luke Shen playing 21 minutes a night? You should call him Two Shen. Yes. You're, no, that's a good point. Um, so there's a bit of a problem there. Uh, Oliver <laughs> Ekman Larson and Tyler Myers. Yes. I think that's fine. Like, I think it's it's it scrapes by. It's acceptable. Yeah. But it's not, like, great. It's not great, uh, but it's not brutal. Yeah, but they yeah. just make a lot of money. They and you, of money. You, the third pairing they have here is uh, Dermot and Pullman. I like Dermot. Don't love Pullman. Um, but I think I most I dislike his contract more than I dislike Pullman, although I really don't think he was great last year. Yeah. Uh, and I think he'd be much more serviceable as around a number seven yeah. than a number six. Give me Rathbone Dermot. That's what I want. That would be fun. That would be scary. Yeah. Uh, but it would be fun. That would be uh that would be a good like offensive zone face off. Put those two guys out there, right? Right. Um, right. but he, but then I'd rather have Quinn Hughes out there anyways. So me too. <laughs> me too. Um, but yeah, me I, I they they got some work to do here, right? And it's yeah. there's not many ways to get the work done. Um, because you have I mean you have all Rick Larson eating up you know a ton of money. You have Tyler Myers eating up a ton of money, and Tyler Myers might have been worth that money last year, but. Am I going to bet that he's going to be worth that money again this year? Yeah, uh, probably not. I'm a little, I'm a little nervous on that. Uh, I just think Shen and, and Pullman are guys who anywhere else in the league probably are barely in the league, right? They're probably yeah. six, seven guys, uh, not guys who are going to be playing potentially 20 minutes a night. As good as Luke Shen was last year, he's, he is your stereotypical number six. That right side is scary, Parker. The left side is passable with Oriel Hughes. And if you put Dermot there on the left, it's naturally, I think, thank God he can play both sides because he might, we might need him on the right. But yeah, if you go Shen, Myers, and Pullman as your right side guys, mm. it's pretty tough. Mm. And, and I, I don't, again, it's, it's one of those things where it's like, well, at least I got Demko, right? Because he's going to solve a lot of the problems uh, that these uh, that these guys maybe bring on uh, to the back the back end. Yes. So yeah, no, you're right. So we can talk about goaltending. Will be a short conversation, but with the D, then if we use daily faceoff of Dermot and Pullman, that means Rathbone seven, Cal um, Burles is eight, and Brady Keeper is still on our roster too on on IR. So there's nine already. Yeah. Wow. Not great. No, not great. <laughs> um, well, they also do they also do power play penalty kills. So let's let's dive into those a little bit. Okay. Okay. Um, I mean, power play. You know, you got Horvat, Pedersen, Besser, Hughes, Miller. Uh, as of right now, I think that's yep. fine. Totally good. Uh, and I don't think it's much to say there. Second power play unit. They currently have it penciled in. Also, four forwards. 
uh, which I kind of doubt they'll do because most teams don't love four forwards on the second PK because usually they mm. get stuck out there. Uh, right. Back to even strength. Um, but they have Garland, Podkolzin, Hoaglander, Kuzmenko, and Ekman Larson. So no Mikhaev hmm. is sort of the, the notable exception, at least on their lists. Would you pencil them in here anywhere? I mean, uh, basically replacing either Garland, Podkolzin, Hoaglander, Kuzmenko? Um, I would... I would actually take off Hoglander. I'd put the three Russians together with Garland and see what happens. Someone's got to take it to draw, though. But yeah, well, I, I would not. also think I would also think that Kuzmenko. Probably, I, I don't think they're doing four forwards. I, I think it's right. probably Ekman Larson and maybe like a Travis Dermott, yeah, uh, or a Tyler Myers uh, would be totally fine out there as well. That's fair. That's fair. You're right because yeah, if, if if there's take an example of no whistles in a power play, your second unit is wrapping up. The guys coming out of the box, and then you don't want to be stuck with. Andre Kuzmenko is your last man back, right? <laughs> That's probably not ideal. Um, true, true. Penalty kill. Yeah. First penalty kill unit. The two new guys, Lazar Mikhaev yep. up front, yep. uh, and then Ekman Larson Myers. Yep. Uh, thoughts on that as a PK? Yeah, actually, I truly think because there, there's no chemistry issues that you have to worry about from last season on a, par, a penalty kill that was on track to be the worst in history. Thankfully, they, they got a bit better with the now departed Brad Shaw. Departed as in left the team, not anything bad happened to him. I Why not? Put these two guys together. See what happens. Find sure. Me. Yep. Uh, second penalty kill unit. Uh, they have Dickinson with Pearson as the two forwards. Mm. Uh, looking at the list, I don't think I'd change that unless you want to put Pedersen out there. But then you're probably taking ice time away from Pedersen at, at other times too. Uh, I think Miller's killed some penalties too, right? Yeah, how about Kuzmenko? Can he kill penalties? No idea. Do they do they kill penalties in Russia? <laughs> I, 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 you know, it's funny. I was thinking about this. I don't know anything about Kuzmenko. <laughs> Neither do I. I. I saw his numbers. He looked good. <laughs> Glad we got him. <laughs> yeah, and, and and Dexter here says that Patterson needs to penalty kill. But I mean, the thing is, there's a reason that lots of the top teams don't have their top guys penalty killing, right? Unless yeah. there's superior exceptions, right? Like Patrice Bergeron. Yeah. Um, and the problem is, if you have them out there, let's say you take three, four penalties. Let's say you take four penalties a night, maybe yep. three, maybe four, uh, and they're playing half of that time. So maybe an extra three or four minutes. If Pedersen's going to play 19 minutes in a night, do you want that to be like 15 power or 15 even strength, four power play, or 12 even strength, four power play, three penalty kill? Right, you're taking away valuable minutes. Um, of your best player being out there potentially. And that's yeah. that's why some teams uh, don't love to put their best players on the penalty kill. So I understand that. And I hear what you're saying, Parker. I know Boudreaux would counter with um, the skill guys often anticipate. They think offensively, so they're able to jump the gap and things. But it's rare, but maybe there, there's a counterpoint there. Who knows? Mm -hmm. yeah. And I don't disagree. I, I, yeah. I think it is a lot better for your penalty kill to have a guy like Pedersen out there. Mm -hmm. It's just also taking ice time away from Patterson uh, and scoring opportunities, right? Yes. Um, yes. So it's it, it is some give and take, uh, and you really have to sort of balance, you know, because if if Curtis Lazar is gonna or let's say Jason Dickinson's gonna play twelve minutes in a night, you know, you, you'd probably rather those be on the penalty kill than <laughs> yeah, than give them all penalty killing minutes <laughs> on an offensive zone start, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Okay, all right, that's fine. And then goaltending, goal easy. We know. We already know. Thatcher Demko, decent goalie, yeah. Yeah, uh, top probably top ten goalie. Fine yeah. with that. 
Spencer Martin uh, was really, really good last year. Yeah. Uh, and I'm really nervous about it. Are you? <laughs> it was such an anomaly, right? Yeah. I mean, just yeah. to, he, he's been good in the AHL, right? Uh, the previous year he was like a 907 in the AHL. He had an 897 year though, a 902, 893. Like he, he hasn't always been great. Uh, and then he comes here and he puts up a 914 in the AHL uh, in the playoffs, two playoff games, but he put a 938 in those. And then he plays six games for the Canucks, uh, doesn't lose any of them in regulation, and That's puts up crazy. a 950, uh, which is absurd with a 1.74 goals against average. Um, my fear is, you know, we're, we're, we're going to be putting 25 games on this guy, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, based on really a six game sample size <laughs> from his NHL tenure this year uh, right. and 25 games in the AHL, which were good as a, to be an NHL backup. But again, it's, yeah. it's 25 games out of a, you know, 150 game career. Yes. Uh, all, every, every single thing you said is true, Parker. I look at, um, and I know you are hopeful though, that it does work out because oh, can you absolutely. imagine only 7% of our total cap in our goaltending? And if we can get top 10 goaltending in the league, Oh, what yeah. that, that's that's all playing your contract. Imagine Spencer Martin starts 28 games, puts up a 950 yeah. again. <laughs> Cox just win 26 of them at that point, right? Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Then they're then they're not going to trade JT Miller because they're going to be top two in the Pacific, and, and yeah. then they're going to lose in the first round, and then Miller goes away for nothing. And, yeah, uh, yeah, I know. We'll see. I know. We'll see. Um, all right, we're at the 40 minute mark, and we did wow. we hit everything that was in the title, which is the crucial part. Uh, so do you want to go to some fan questions or any other topics that you wanted to touch on first? Okay, let's just, can we talk about the Calgary Flames for five minutes and then we go let's, to the fan questions? Oh, oh okay. we get to bask in the pain of the Calgary Flames? Absolutely. So uh, there's something that actually happened today, but let's get to Johnny Goudreau first. He leaves Calgary despite their best efforts to re-sign him and goes to the highly vaunted Columbus Blue Jackets. You know, they always say whenever you want to go to a, the big city, uh, you know, the when, whenever they say, they, someone says, I want to go to America, where do I want to go? Top answer is always Columbus, Ohio. Exactly. Right. Right next yeah. to like Salt Lake City, Utah. Right? <laughs> my two my two tourist destinations. Um, a ton of money turned down here, too. Right. We're talking tens of millions of dollars in difference between yeah. the contract that Calgary offered and the contract that Columbus offered. Apparently some other offers were on the table. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think New Jersey had something on the table. Apparently yep. Philadelphia didn't. Yes. Uh, which was oh, quite surprising. Uh, Chuck oh. Fletcher is getting uh, raked over the coals a little bit for that one. Uh, he was like, oh, we would have had to do so much stuff if we had, if we were trying to sign him. Like We would have to move guys around. Um, tough life. Yeah. So uh, they decide not to go for Goudreau. And uh, I mean, Columbus gets a 99 point guy for, you know, less money than he was going to take in Calgary. Wow. So what's your thought on the loyalty side of it? Because there was a lot of people, especially Calgarians, uh, who were saying, wow, you know, this team's done so much for you. They offered you so much money and you don't decline it until after the start of free agency, basically when now they have or right to the start of free agency where now they have less flexibility to make moves. What's your take on that? You know, just before you got to that last sentence, Parker, I was actually going to say as much as I, it would pay me if like say a bow or someone in this situation left, I, I would think 
then I'm mature enough to realize there's a reason why, obviously it's not the money. There's a reason why he wanted to make this move. But so in a vacuum, I would generally say the players earn the right to go wherever they want. But you're right. There is a way to do it from a standpoint of uh, stating your intentions, not hamstringing your team. I actually never even thought about that 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 angle. Is that why Calgary fans are mad? Or are Calgary fans mad simply it's, because he, he left It's them? mostly that last part, that it was okay. so short notice. They weren't able to get anything for him. They weren't able yeah. to maybe make plans around it. Right. Yeah, that's uh, a good point. Yeah, and I, I try to be very neutral in the way I explain that. Uh, but if you think about it from the standpoint of, of a newly drafted or of, of a freshly drafted NHL player, Goudreau's played in the league, what, eight, nine years? Yeah. And he has never had a say in where he's played. He got Correct. picked out of a out of a lottery, basically. He got mm-hmm. just they, he had no right to choose where he was going to going to play unless like he demanded a trade. But, you know, that's a different story. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now he finally gets a chance at freedom and he does it by going to Columbus, which is so funny. Uh, and to me, it's, it, I, yeah, I'm, I'm so for it, right? Like, I, I think you have, <laughs> you, and again, and if it was someone like, like Bo Horvat and things like that, I would have, I would have been, I would have been more frustrated with management over not getting something lo- either locked in sooner or, mm-hmm. or try to work around it like suit, right? Like expedite the process. If he's unsure, give him a deadline. Say like, all right, you got to lock this in in the next three days. Cause we have to make our plan for the off season. Right. Uh, Otherwise, we're just going to assume you're going elsewhere. Uh, yeah. And that's one of those things where it's it's just he he hit his right to free agency. Yep. He had his right to go get paid, and he could have got paid way more. But he earned his right yep. to go where he wanted to. And if that is a smaller market team where he's not going to get recognized at the local subway, uh, then it's, you know, that's every right. He has every right and to Tiger, so. Tiger would agree with you. Frankly, JG Goudreau was a free agent. It's his choice. He doesn't owe the team, city, or fans anything. He gets to choose his own path for the first time in his pro career. Okay, so let's say even Calgary weathermen are, are threatening to leave to go to Columbus. Oh, that was that, yeah. okay. I want to. I just want to mention yeah. that because that yeah. news, the the Calgary newscaster. Yeah. People are like, oh, he's so salty. It was hilarious. You oh, me? Like he, his delivery yeah. was great. It was the perfect amount of snark. And the Columbus, yep. the Columbus news station firing back, also in a really funny way with the big so paycheck that said way less. Like yeah. it was, there was like a little salt, sure, but it was just good content. We need more of that. We need more of that. Yeah, it's great. Okay, so not to be uh, outdone or not to uh, get off easier, whatever it is. Today we find out. <laughs> That Calgary has filed arbitration, salary arbitration, with Matthew Kachuk to avoid him from being offer sheeted by other teams, which is fine. That 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 makes sense. But the fact is that they're at this point, a ten, potentially contentious point, with their other superstar. What a disaster! What a disaster! Yeah. Uh, and the thing is, I didn't even see this yet. Oh, so the, <laughs> I okay. didn't. I didn't realize that was. I didn't realize yeah. we were that close to this. Yeah. Um, because yeah, Matthew Kachuk's a, an RFA. Yeah. Um, Can you pull up the Calgary Flames tweet? Just read it. You'll 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 think it's hilarious. Uh, the way I they explain this, it. I'm assuming this is theirs. Uh, they said, "quote The Flames have filed for club elected salary arbitration with Matthew Kachuk. This provides us the opportunity to continue to work with his representatives for a contractual resolution while removing the possibility of an offer sheet." So a little bit skewed wording, right? Saying yeah. like, "Hey, this is all good." 
Uh, not to mention the fact that if they go to salary arbitration and he gets awarded a one-year deal, uh, that he is an unrestricted free agent after that, yep. I believe. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so... <laughs> So do, uh, do you remember, uh, without looking it up, Parker, do you know how much he made? Or do you even looking it up? I think his you know Q was like made? 9 mil, right? You got it. So we we were freaking out. I know Kachuk's a bit better than Bester, but we were freaking out about 7.5 for Bester. Try 9 million for for Kachuk. <laughs> and he's worth it. He's a really good yeah. player. And they have a lot of money now <laughs> that they're not paying to Goudreau. <laughs> yeah. Um, wow. So here's the. So I'm going to read some arbitration uh, things. I'm so the player and club can settle on a deal at any point prior to the hearing. So yeah. that's fine. Once the hearing's yep. taken place, uh, the arbitration decision must be issued within 48 hours. Yep. Uh, arbitration awards can only be one or two years. The yep. party who did not elect for arbitration decides on the awarded term. Therefore, it is club elected arbitration, which means uh, they will, the arbiter will decide the number. Matthew Kachuk decides whether it's one or or two years. He's so picking he can one. Say, <laughs> I'll take my one year, please, yep. and I'll be an unrestricted free agent where I'm going to go make $12 million next year. Yep. Um, if you're in your final year of RFA, you can only do the one year term. That's fine. A club cannot walk away from club elected arbitration settlement. Um, only player arb uh, elected uh, arbitration, the club can walk away uh, if it's like a certain number. Uh, it's like above four and a half million. Uh, but basically, since club elected, um, it's the math, Matt Kachuk's going to get a number. He's going to choose whether it's one or two years, most likely one. And yep. then they will have to work tooth and nail over the next year to have him locked up before free agency. Parker, I I've speculated and I haven't heard this from anyone, but one of my thoughts was that there's some locker room problems in Calgary. Cause do you remember when Kachuk was doing his things with Cassian and doing a, a couple of things? And there's one thing, I think someone either shot a puck at him or he shot a puck at someone, and none of his teammates came over to kind of defend him. Do you remember that? I, I, Vaguely. Was, yeah. So I, I kind of wonder if there was an issue with Kachuk and Goudreau, or maybe simply there's an issue in the leadership uh, in the locker room, or maybe maybe none of that's true. It's simply the way of business. But it's just, imagine if this was happening in Vancouver. It would be a complete, I'm sure it's a, a tire fire in Calgary right now. Yeah, and, and keep in mind, you know, Matthew Kachuk had 104 points last year, 42 goals. Yeah. Right. Do you think that arbitration number is going to be less than $9 million? No. How many guys had 42 goals last year? Like three? Not Four. a lot, right? Yeah. Maybe yeah. Like yeah. a handful, right? Yeah. Uh, so I, I think he'll have pretty good say, uh, like he'll have a pretty good argument towards, yeah. you know, I'm sure they're walking into the room with 13 million bucks on a piece of paper and Calgary's going to walk <laughs> in with $5 million on a piece of paper and they're going to be like, all right, we'll meet in the middle at 11. <laughs> Right, and it's and they're gonna. Can you imagine? Calgary comes in. You're worth five. <laughs> yeah, and you know they'll get laughed out of the room, but that's what teams do, right? They really yeah. undersell, and um, obviously arbitration is pretty much never good for um, yeah. for morale, right? It always yeah, right. causes argument between the the sure. two the two uh, the two sides, and usually isn't ideal. So, yeah. uh, do we know when his hearing is yet? Has that been? No, they're usually, I thought they're mid to late, but maybe not. Oh, by the way, I was completely off. Eight guys had more than 42 goals this season, which is okay. impressive. Name yeah. some of them. Uh, Matthews, Drysaddle, Kreider. So Matthews makes 12. Yeah. Drysaddle. Drysaddle makes eight and a half. Kreider. Maybe seven or eight. Ovi, he's nine or 10, right? 
always nine or ten, but he's special. Kaprizov. Kaprizov's eight. I think. Kyle Connor, who didn't have a contract anymore. And then McDavid and Duchesne. So McDavid's obviously yeah. twelve and a half, yeah. and then Duchesne I think is like wait Duchesne had Duchesne was good this year. He had forty three goals, man. Forty three goals. I thought Duchesne was washed up. Oh, because he had he had six goals last year. Uh, and they had 43 this year. What happened? <laughs> That's crazy. Uh, yeah. Wasn't even a contract year. But yes, your point being, yeah, I, I don't think. But yeah, uh, Duchesne makes $8 million a year as well. Okay. Okay. I don't know, man. Uh, this is going to be interesting. Yeah. Uh, they. Yeah, it is. It's absolutely crazy because um, he is such a special player. Uh, you think Daryl Sutter has anything to do with this? Meaning, oh. Well, Goudreau gone, Kachuk gone, locker room rifts potentially. Oh. Never thought, you know, I never thought that way, actually. He doesn't seem like he'd be that fun to play for. <laughs> no. <laughs> you know, they played good, but like, yeah. you know, the New England Patriots played good. And there were a lot of people who didn't like playing there either. Right. Right, right, right. Yeah. Disappointing playoffs. Well, we'll see. And I'm not, uh, I've told you many times, Parker, and people know that Calgary, I don't hate them, but they are my least favorite team in the entire league. So I'm not uh, I'm not smirking or I'm not wishing ill will, but uh, I do find it slightly comical. Yeah, it's uh, slightly. and it's good for the Canucks, right? Oh, and yeah. Talking about, I mean, Calgary won the division last year, didn't they? Yeah, they kicked right? everyone's so it, butt. So if we're looking at, at the Calgary Flames, who had 111 points last year, mm-hmm. right? You know, what is losing Goudreau and losing maybe Kachuk, or if they have Kachuk for one more year? Yeah. You know, what does that do to a team, right? Morale-wise, yeah. you know, they might be they, – that, that's 200 points off the table potentially. Um, you know, 80 goals yeah. just gone, right? <laughs> and, and you think about it, they only scored 293 goals last year, right? You yeah. got to make that's, – that's a quarter of their goals basically. Yeah. Um, so it's, you know, it's, uh, they gotta, they're going to have to make some moves if they're going to want to pull something together here. Some people are, and with Vegas being Vegas and losing patch basically for nothing and blah, blah, blah. Uh, some people are pegging Vancouver, sorry, Edmonton, LA, Vancouver is potentially top three fighting with Vegas and Calgary for that third spot. We'll see. Yeah. It's so, it's so tight. Um, yeah. And I think uh, I saw some standings projections again, just yep. based off of like moves that had been made. Again, this is a J Fresh one. J Fresh that has Vegas at 107, Calgary at 103, uh, Vancouver at 96 uh, as the top three. Oh, uh, Edmonton at 93. Oh, uh, L- LA at 89, San Jose 83, Seattle 82, Anaheim 72. Okay. Uh, what that tells you is, man, the Pacific Division's bad. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, compared to some of these other divisions, but you know, obviously this is one projection and, and doesn't yeah. mean uh, a ton, but the Pacific division. And as Lucas is saying, Pacific division got weaker mm. uh, after day one of free agency. And thank you again for yes. the super chat. Well, I'm surprised he, he Jay fresh says Vegas actually going up in points. That's crazy. Hmm. Yeah. And it, it must be, well, I mean, you look at their roster, right. And all the yep. injuries they had last year, right. Cause That's these, true. these are all based on the players that are on the team, not how they really performed, but gotcha. they still have Eichel and stone. Eichel. And I think uh, that might've been, bef- that was the 12th. I think it was, was that before free agency that I just read that off of? That's really dumb then. Yeah, uh, that'd be weird. <laughs> um, either way though, uh, that would be before patch got dealt for yep. nothing. Um, which is also I thought great. Jay Fresh did a new one after free agency. 
probably. It's probably just not the one that got put at the top of my list. Okay. Uh, no, he did it on the 12th. <laughs> okay, awesome. Well, that was dumb then. <laughs> Ignore everything I said. Funny. Okay, that's fine. Yeah. Um, so how are you doing? Thank you for joining as a member, by the way. Yeah, Appreciate it. That's, that's awesome. Um, all right. Where, where else do you want to go here? Well, you tell me. You got the big playoff game. Well, we got five minutes left okay. here. Um, so you want to take some cues? Yeah, let's do that. Let's do that. All right. Get your cues in quick. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to scroll up a bit and see if I missed any because I, I didn't really look. Me too. Uh, as we were going. Um, I've let's already see. scrolled up 20 minutes here. <laughs> oh, let's go Dexter. He just put it. What are your th guys' thoughts on Patan, Rempel, Hunt, and Highmore leaving? Go for it. Um, I liked Rempel just because he got a lot of assists in the AHL. But again, I thought I think he was just going to be an AHL piece. Uh, Brad Hunt was fine, but again, very replaceable. Nick Patan, same deal. Nick Patan's like the certified between an AHL and NHL guy, mm -hmm. uh, where he's a little too good for the AHL, not good enough for the NHL. Yeah. Um, so you know, he probably wants to go somewhere where he can at least have an audition. Uh, Highmore is the one, you know, a little tougher i thought he was pretty good you know again those three played well together uh mott lamco highmore but again as mott left the other two suffered um so you have to right. wonder you know how much of an impact of that was tyler mott uh compared to the play of lamico and highmore and with them getting rid of you know seemingly both lamico and highmore uh and just completely revamping your fourth line i'm totally fine with it because i think your fourth line is by definition replaceable yes. um to the point where you should be getting guys who are fourth liners that might have a little bit of upside. Um, yeah. And that's, that's sort of the, the route they seem to be going, uh, you know, with a, with a Lazar, uh, yep. for example. And you could argue we brought in Lazar, Kuzmenko and Mikaya for chase on Richardson, Highmore, Lamico, and uh, whoever else. I'll take that. I'll take mm -hmm. that for sure. For sure. Uh, I like this one. So Justin's asked me Pierre-Luc Dubois, since the Jets are one of my favorite teams. Yeah. A lot of scuttlebutt about him getting moved. Yeah, apparently he was at the draft um, in Montreal because mm. he was convinced he was going to get traded to Montreal on the draft <laughs> I did not floor. Know that. So he was just <laughs> in the stands at the draft, ready to like, I don't know why, right? Like, oh, he's going to come down to the stage in a Habs jersey as if he just got drafted. Like, probably not, but I guess he could like sit at the table with them, maybe announce a seventh round pick or something. Right. Um, but uh, yeah, there's uh, he's he's his name is getting floated about. Um, they did not file for arbitration with right. Dubois, uh, which basically means they got to uh, they got to hit the QO, right? Yes, uh, it's interesting about Dubois too because he was picked uh, third overall in 2016, two picks ahead of one Ole Ulevi, and three picks ahead of one Matthew Kachuk. So. We'll see what happens with Dubois. Yeah, I guess that, that makes sense because all these guys have done their three plus three. They're going into their their third contract now. Yep. Mm-hmm. 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 It's crazy that was six years ago. <laughs> ah, it's, it's nuts. It's nuts. <sighs> what else? What else? What else? Uh, Matt asks, who mm. are the most points on the team next year? I don't know if I want to give away our... My thing. No, I'm just kidding. For our next round of bets, I think it's going to be PD. I really do. Yeah, I think that's a, a decent bet. Um, I'm not going to take it though. Okay. I'm going to take Quinn Hughes. 
Well, bold, bold. I'm saying, I'm saying 85 points for Quinn Hughes this year. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Oh, I, I, this year, like 60 something, 68. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, 85 well, is not that crazy. You got to answer this one, Dexter. Thoughts on David Perron to Detroit Parker? He puts the googly eyes because he has googly eyes. And Dexter um, also asked me this on my stream last night because he knows how much he knows that I know he hates Perron. So you, I don't like David Perron either, um, very much. Uh, I think, I think Detroit got a steal though. <laughs> yeah, they got they got a guy who is you know just on like three quarters of a point per game his entire career, uh, right? I mean, last year fifty-seven points, sixty-seven games. The previous year is a point per game, so he's always around that sixty-point mark. They get him for under five million bucks a year for two years. Yep. Uh, no real downside there. You know he, he's aging out, but for Detroit, uh, where they're sort of you know, trying to make a bit of that push towards relevance again. Um, you know, obviously 74 points last year, not great, but they have so many good guys coming up, right? Whether it's Raymond yeah. or Cider, uh, Cider especially, where if those guys take a step and they get some good goaltending and they get David Perron in there, yeah. you know, whether it's just as a good mentorship uh, or maybe it gets them an extra handful of points and gets them a little bit closer to the playoffs, um, that could be could be good for them. I really like what Detroit did between Perron and Kubelik and Andrew Kopp. Like those are three guys that I would uh, maybe not Perron, but I take those guys on my team for sure. I think they did really well. And it is eight o'clock, which means okay. I do need to get going. You do, uh, folks. Much appreciated. Thank you all for joining tonight. I'd leave you with Clay for a little bit, but he doesn't know how to work this, so <laughs> I'd he doesn't know how to. He doesn't know how to end the end the show because um, he still hasn't set up the account that I sent him a year ago um that's okay that's okay you know i'll i'll do it all uh <laughs> hope you guys all had a why change now with us uh exactly exactly we got a good thing going uh we do appreciate you all joining if you missed any part you can rewind back to the beginning i know we did a little earlier tonight it'll also be on your favorite podcast platform uh within a matter of 10 15 minutes or so whenever that takes to upload uh clay any parting words for this evening well, the JT Miller watch continues and we will see what happens. I'm out of town next week. You and I will figure that out later and everyone stay tuned as to when our next show will be for sure. It'll probably be a pretty last minute decision. Yeah. Uh, so keep your eyes peeled. Make sure you subscribe and hit the bell so you get those notifications. And if you miss it, just find it on your favorite podcast platform. As always, have a good night, everyone. We will see you next week.